Hello everybody, it's Nate, your host Nathan back here with a uh, episode of Shadow Play Paranormal. I'm uh, welcomed again with uh, Lucas Beery here. Um, Lucas, you want to say hello to anyone out there specifically or just general hello? I just wanted to say thank you Nate for having me on the podcast again. It was a short notice type situation, but I'm glad to have another opportunity. I was on you... I was on here with you one time, and uh, it was fun, and I'm ready to do it again, man. Well, good, good, good. I uh, wanted to go a little more different than what I typically have been doing in terms of investigations and discussing haunted haunted places, although I have one place in mind we will discuss later here. Um, I do want to talk about something that's interested me, is uh, music and the paranormal here. Um, I've got two songs I want to specifically discuss here, um, and I might go dive into uh, some more things such as scary songs. Um, but uh, Lucas, uh, what's your experience with the music and the paranormal? Whether it's songs based on on ghosts or or whatever, or you know you've had some weird stuff happen that music has turned on or anything, anything along those lines. Well. To be completely frank with you, other than the Monster Mash, I would say no. <laughs> no, no. All jokes aside, um, I don't necessarily know of any paranormal speakings of within some of the music which I listen to. Um, I'm sure that there's probably some going on that might be more underlying that I'm not noticing, but I don't necessarily have a, a clear-cut example of that for you. Sorry about that, man. You know that uh, that's that's all right on there. Um, I I do want to I I will start it off here. Um, just to, just to give you listeners an idea of this here is uh, the song called Johanna. Now, for those of you out there who are not aware of this song, um, it's uh, called Johanna. Obviously, um, it was written by country singer Bobby Mackey. In the uh, 1980s. Now, this song is—is—it's not a super complex song in terms of how to play it and whatnot. It does have a nice, good old steel guitar. I believe it'll lap steel, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Lucas is grinning over here. He must like some lap steel. Right? Yes, I do. I absolutely do. So. It, you know that that's one thing that stands out to me but uh this song is definitely uh connected to the paranormal um due to a legend um various other things that have occurred um just to give you guys a little bit of background here i believe i've discussed uh, bob mackie's music world uh but if i have it uh oh, excuse me bobby's bobby mackie's music world is in wilder kentucky it's just across the river um, from Cincinnati. Um, it's a, a country music bar open Friday and Saturday nights. Real cool place, to be honest. Um, I haven't had the chance to uh, to go yet, um, but it, you know, hopefully it'll be in the cards here shortly. Um, originally, it was uh, used as a slaughterhouse in the early 19th century. Um, slaughterhouse was torn down, although the well they used for the slaughterhouse um, still exists. Um, it was various clubs and, and whatnot throughout the decades until he purchased it in 1978. Um, 
Now, anyway, about the building here. Um, Lucas, are you familiar with Bob Mackie's music world at all? Or have you ever seen it, heard about it? I've never heard about it, Nate. Nope. Well, maybe you need to make a trip in the cards there. Um, it, you know, some of the things that are supposedly uh, happening at this place. Um, a uh, supposed satanic murder occurred. Pearl Bryan, um, whose head was thrown down the well. Um, what the song is about, though, this is a this is a legend. I will say they um, have not found any uh, uh, public records of such. Um, however, um, this when it was called the Latin Quarter um, back in the '30s, so right around the time of Prohibition, um, this woman named Johanna uh, was a dancer at the club. Uh, was in love with a uh, woman, or not a woman, sorry, with a man called Robert Redford, uh, who worked there. Um, Johanna's dad was not very thrilled, um, with the, the love there, so he ended up having Robert Redford poisoned, and Robert Redford passed away. Um, Johanna, in a fit of rage, uh, was not very happy. She poisoned herself, and she poisoned her dad. Her dad lived, she ended up dying, so the legend story goes. Um, what's funny is, though, um, Bobby Mackey, uh, his mom, like, named him Robert Randall Mackey, after the singer at the club, the worker at the club, um, which is, which is quite, (laughs) quite, quite, quite the coincidence there, to say the least, um, so, yeah, so that's, that's what the story is, um, Bobby Mackey, uh, definitely heard about this. Um, story and him and his uh, band they sat down and wrote this song in 15 minutes now I will uh, if I can find it on YouTube here I'll share like an official um, version um, you know copyright goes out to Bobby Mackey and, and his band um, you know I own I do not own this music I just want to say that I will share it for you guys to listen it's kind of a haunting song in my opinion Lucas have you ever heard of the song I'm ready to be indulged by it. Okay, well, we'll have to listen later because I'm not sure, 100% sure if I can share any of it here on the podcast due to copyright um, laws and whatnot. So hey, better to play it safe. Yeah, that's true. So so we won't mess around with that. Um, to continue though, um, I just want to point out a little bit more about Bobby Mackey's um, quite the haunted place. Uh, Ghost Adventures has been there a couple of times. Um, had some things happen. Go go watch the episodes, you trust, especially the first one. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's it's quite fascinating. Obviously, it's made for TV. Don't get me wrong, um, but they've had some interesting stuff happen. Um, I have not been able to go there myself, but you know it, it's in the cards. It's definitely in the cards, like I said. So, um, the other song, however, tonight that I wanted to discuss to, to move on to this, um, deals more with demonic things of demonic nature. Now, Lucas, do you have any idea what song I'm talking about? I would guess it's Shadow Play. No, not at all. Okay. Believe it or not. That's, that's, um, that's hard to believe because after all this podcast is named after that and he is a Joy Division lover. Well, it's inspired by it. You know, it's not exactly um, 
it's not exactly named after um, per se, but I do big fan of song. One of my favorite songs. One of my favorite bands. Um, but no, I, I'm double checking here um, before we continue. But shadow play is actually not related to the uh, the paranormal here. Um, to, I'll, I'll read the lyrics here because there's not too many lyrics. There's to the center of the city where all roads meet, waiting for you. To the depths of the ocean where all hopes sank, searching for you. I was moving through the silence without motion, waiting for you. In a room with a window in the corner, I found truth. And the shadow play acting out your own death, knowing no more. As the assassins all grouped in four lines, dancing on the floor. And cold steel odor on their bodies, mad a move to connect. But I could only stare in disbelief as the crowds all left. I did everything, everything I wanted to. I let them use you for their own ends. To the center of the city in the night waiting for you. To the center of the city in the night waiting for you. Song, uh, song was written by Ian Curtis, Peter Hook, Stephen Morris, and Bernard Summer. The lyrics have been uh, provided by uh, Ian Curtis, who is typically the sound uh, writer um, for Shadow Play. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not necessarily discussing, uh, paranormal at all. Um, if you, if you know anything about Ian Curtis, he had some issues with depression, had some, uh, some issues in terms of that. Um, so, especially if you listen to the album, The Closer, or, uh, Closer, excuse me. Closer. Um, it's, you, you read the lyrics, you listen to it, it's just dark, depressing, pretty nasty stuff in terms of that, so, but, no, the song I am discussing here is actually Crossroad Blues by Robert Johnson. It's a blues song. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it's a blues song written by Robert Johnson, as I said, in 1936, um, it is written in the Delta Blue style, which to give you guys an idea, because um, I'm not sure uh, you guys necessarily know um, styles, which is all right. If you do, that's cool. Um, the defining characteristic of Delta Blues is instrumentation and emphasis on rhythm and bottleneck slide guitar. Um, it's the basic harmonic structure is not really different um as a uh you know other blues played elsewhere um delta blues uh dealt with themes such as love sex traveling lifestyle it's tribulation sin salvation and death um so yeah so in terms of that it gives you just an idea of how Delta Blues is here. Um, anyway, the song Crossroad Blues, it's also known as Crossroad. Um, it is a big part of mythology in terms of Robert Johnson. Um, because supposedly, um, you know, it's referring to how he sold his soul to the devil in exchange for his guitar playing. Um, although lyrics do not specifically contain any reference to him. Um, if I can, I will, uh, 
Let's see if I can figure out the uh, lyrics here. Get you some lyrics up here. <clears throat> Just to uh, give you guys some idea of uh, how, how the song um, goes. Um, see if I can figure this out for y'all. Okay. Cool. So I've got some lyrics for you up here. I'll, I'll say them here. Again, songs written by Robert Johnson. Um, I will put up the song after the show and um, let you guys listen in. Again, I don't own the song. Don't want to say I do. I went to the crossroad, fell down on my knees. I went to the crossroad, fell down on my knees. Ask the Lord above, have mercy, save poor Bob, if you please. Mmm, standing at the crossroad, I try to flag a ride. Standing at the crossroad, I try to flag a ride. Didn't nobody seem to know me, everybody passed me by. Hmm, the sun going down, boy, dark gonna catch me here. Mmm, ee boy, dark gonna catch me here. I ain't got no love and sweet woman that love and feel my care. You can run, you can run, tell my friend boy Willie Brown. You can run, you can run, tell my friend boy Willie Brown. Lord, I'm standing at the crossroad, babe, I believe I'm sinking now. So, Lucas, in your opinion here, you know, after listening to my uh, dis discussion, or how I said the lyrics, what do those lyrics mean to you? Well, the part of the lyrics that stuck out to me the most was whenever he discussed how he's standing at the crossroads. I mean, he mentions it multiple times. He, he starts it off with that. Um, people can interpret that in a lot of different ways. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how necessarily I would take it. Um, I'd probably have to think about it a little bit more, but I would say maybe he's... Um, he's deciding whether or not he's going to stick with his music or not. Is my guess. I can definitely, I can definitely see that interpretation. Um, I had a, a teacher at one time who who was into the song a lot. And during the discussion we had, um, he uh, discussed how you know it, it relates more to sundown towns because if you think about this song and when it was created, you know the 1930s, Jim Crow still rang rang king in the South, which is where. Uh, Robert Johnson is from and basically stayed his entire life. Now, I will say this, the recordings you will hear were all recorded at San Antonio, Texas. Um, there's literally only one or two photographs of Robert Johnson around. So, you know, he, he's got a mystery behind him. But, the, you know, and I, I tend to believe my my, you know, professor's point here about it, discussing more about sundown towns, you know. Especially, you know, we've got a couple of sundown towns around here. Not technically sundown towns, but basically, I'd, I'd say Martinsville is definitely a sundown town. Mitchell, <sighs> maybe. I don't know about Mitchell. Now, now, just to tell the listeners, what exactly do you mean whenever you say sundown town? Just to make sure that everyone's on the same page here. Okay, so sundown town. For those of you out there listening, or will be listening. <coughs> Basically, it's a town where, you know, tip, minorities in general, although during this era, basically black people, you don't want to be in those towns after dark. So, because bad things could happen there. 
and we'll just we'll just leave it at that there. Um, however, to get back why this connects with the paranormal here. Um, where is it? Uh, let me click. It. Let me find. I just want to click on, or not click on. I want to pull up here something about Robert Johnson just to give you an idea of why this this is connected to the paranormal. Why this song specifically, um, you know, makes it seem like. So, according to legend. Robert Johnson on a plantation, he uh, had a tremendous desire to become a great blues musician. He was told to take his guitar to a crossroad near the plantation he was working at at midnight. There he was met by a large black man, actually the devil, and this is according to the legend, um, who took the guitar and tuned it. The devil played a few songs, gave the guitar to Johnson, gave, which gave him the mastery of the instrument. Um, this, um, you know, definitely gave a, uh, a legend here. Now, it was developed over time and chronicled by uh, multiple people. Um, Sunhouse, who's also a favorite bluesman of mine, um, definitely gave it as a explanation for Johnson's mastery of the guitar. Um, I do want to say real quick before we continue on with that part there, um, Johnson is, is definitely one of the most, you know, well-known bluesmen. Um, he's been credited by multiple people as the most important blues singer that ever lived. Um, he's credited as an influence to many, 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 many uh, people, um, I will say he, had, you know, just looking at pictures of him, I'll put one up for y'all listening out there, he's got actually pretty long fingers, now, Lucas here, have you ever seen a picture of Robert Johnson? He's got long freaking fingers. So yeah, so you got it there, definitely hear that out, um, but anyway, to continue on here, um, about, um, why this is, you know, this is considered to the devil, uh, thing there. Like I said, you know, Crossroad Blues and lots of, lots of things have, uh, have come out of that. Um, Robert Johnson was also featured in an episode of TV, um, Supernatural. Um, definitely check that out. Now, yeah, so that's that's really all I, I had on that song there. Um, Lucas, do you have any thoughts or opinions on, on Robert Johnson there? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at some pictures of, of Johnson here. And to, to get off the bat, um, yeah, his fingers are crazy long, like I said. That's, I, I remember seeing him like that, and that certainly has held up true. Um, definitely had to have helped out in his guitar playing skills. He just seems... I don't know what it is about him, but something just seems a little different. He, maybe it's his smile. He kind of has a little bit of a forced smile. 
Um, Nate, I don't know. What do you think? I'm looking at a few pictures of him right now, and it his smile just seems a little bit off. He's it's more of us in those pictures though. Other than other than the one where he's wearing the hat and he looks all formal and has a guitar in his lap, he looks like he's just straight sneering instead. Honestly, um, he doesn't. He doesn't seem like he's a pretty happy guy, which is kind of unusual for a musician. Usually, no matter what the music is, whenever you see a picture of a musician, they're almost always in a in a pretty upbeat mood. But with Johnson, I don't really think that that's the case. Though, I mean, some could argue that that could have been the era in which he played in. I don't know if I'd make that argument, but something just seems a little bit off about Johnson, and I don't know how to put my finger on it or what exactly it is, but he's just a different cat, I suppose. Hmm. You know, not much is known about him. To be honest, not much is known about many Delta bluesmen. They're bluesmen in general during this time period, due to various reasons, uh, which are which are unfortunate to to hear here or to hear. Excuse me. Um, I will say during his lifetime, Robert Johnson wasn't really popular. Um, didn't make any money when he was living. Um, however, he's blown up as time has gone on. Um, but yeah, so, you know, Robert Johnson definitely, uh, um, definitely an important in terms of the world of music and definitely is a legend that is worth checking out if you're into to paranormal. I mean, I've given you a little bit of a, a taste of it, um, but there's definitely, um, more to it um but moving on here i do want to point out a couple of uh a couple of more songs here um that are interesting that may necessarily not be paranormal related but they are disturbing well not disturbing they are scary in a sense one i would like to point out is sonic youth death valley 69 um, have you uh, ever heard this song? I've heard a little bit of Sonic Youth, but uh, I'm not familiar with this song. Um, to me, it's it's just eerie because you. I'll I'll post this one too uh, on YouTube, or I'll share it a YouTube video. Again, don't own the song. Um, I just you know after listening to it and interpreting it, um, just to give you some lyrics here. Um, I was on the wrong track, we're deep in the valley, how deep in the gully. And now in the canyon, way out in the yonder, she started to holler, she started to holler. I didn't wanna, I didn't wanna, I didn't wanna, I didn't wanna, but she had to holler. So I had to hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it. Deeply in the valley, in the trunk of an old car, in the back of a Chevy, I got sand in my mouth. You got sun in your eyes, blind, blinded. You wanted to get there, but I couldn't go faster. I couldn't go faster. So to me, just interpreting this song, um, it can go many different ways. I feel like, especially this first part where it talks about she started to holler, I didn't want to, so I had to hit it. You know, you could be, especially with the song being called Death Valley, you're out in the desert there, you got no water, you got nothing. Very desolate environment. So that your companion starts to go crazy. Just loses all tension, loses just everything there. Um, so you gotta, you snap too. 
and you end up killing her, which is how you put her in the back of the trunk of an old car. Now, that's not, that's just my interpretation off the top of my head here. Um, I just wanted to point that out, because I, I actually was just listening to the song today, and it made me think of that. Um, Lucas, there's any songs along those lines that you may think off the top of your head that would, would fit there, that we could discuss? I don't have anything off the top of my head, but if you pick out another song, I, I'm sure I can think of something that'll come to mind, hopefully. Hmm. You know, I can't think of anything really else off the top of my head here, but I do want to dive into the second part of the show here for you, all of you who are listening out there. I'm going to discuss a, uh, a place that's near and dear to my heart here. I don't know if Lucas can uh, can figure this one out or not, but the place I am going to discuss with y'all uh, today would have to be the famous, quite famous, okay, well, I'm just yanking her chain there, but uh, the Ohio Reformatory. The Ohio Reformatory is a uh, former prison in a, uh, Oh, obviously in Ohio, but it's in uh, Mansfield, Ohio. Huh, excuse me, guys. Uh, it's famous uh, for more than one reason, actually. Lucas, do you know either of the reasons? I'd say there's someone famous who was there. Not quite. So the Ohio Reformatory is famous for two things, and it is paranormally related. Um, and I will get into that in a second. Um, I'm just showing Lucas some, some pictures here and how fascinating this building is. I'll put some of these up for you it's all. It's a little later. Alcatraz-esque. Well, yeah, so fun fact, uh, mind you, it actually has the largest standing cell blocks, freestanding cell blocks in the world. Six Even stories. more so than Alcatraz, mm-hmm. huh? Interesting, interesting. Yeah, it looks... Uh, Six stories. But no, what's what most people will know about this building, uh, this place, is it was the setting for Shawshank Redemption. Jeez, one of my favorite movies, and I didn't even know that. That's um, that's not a good fan right there. Good movie, uh, related to Stephen King. My favorite author, just, just will say that there. Um, but no, um, the reformatory was opened in... 1896 and it ended up closing in 1990 um it was first laid in 1886 so just to give you a a little bit of an idea here um i'll have to put some pictures up for you guys later um i have luckily um been able to do an investigation there I mean, a public investigation, but I got to go in March. Um, Unfortunately, not too much occurred. Um, From what I can remember, I did see a couple shadow figures move. Um, We did get some recordings of uh, the K2 meter uh, going off. Uh, Some some decent recordings. Um, Did feel some temperature changes. Um... But, you know, not too much that I would remember off the top of my head. Um, so, 
just to give you an idea, though, uh, what it's famous for in terms of the uh, paranormal, uh, just to give you an idea, is, uh, give you guys an idea here. Um, let me uh, figure out what I was going to do here. Oh, just uh, just while I'm trying to look this up here, it's been used for a lot of uh, a a lot of uh, music videos and whatnot. Um, so that's that's definitely been good there. Um, where is this? You know, it should be in here somewhere. I should... I... Why can't I figure this out? So, it's it's famous for a lot of shadow figures. Um, just while I'm trying to... Because I'm trying to figure this out. Um, what it's famous for exactly. And I'm killing myself here. Um, but... It's famous for shadow figures. Um, there's an area within the the, the house itself, um, or the building itself, that women get pulled and touch a lot. Um, the reason for that is, you know, these are obviously men that were in this prison. Um, they, uh, they hadn't seen women in a while. So... You know, with them being residual or intelligent, they obviously, you know, see a woman and get all handsy. So, only natural. Yes. Um, they uh, had some uh, just some evidence that occurred. Um, some crews have had all their mics and equipment drained. Um, a lot of a lot of that has occurred. Um, but I just want to point that out. I will put some pictures up online for y'all, um, after we're done recording here and put this up. So that's, uh, that's about what I wanted to get through today. Um, it seems like it's, you know, seems rushed, but, you know, that's, that's really what happens there when you get talking. Um, Lucas, do you have anything you want to, want to point out necessarily here? Um, I just wanted to point out that Nate's been to the Ohio State Reformatory how many times? Just once. Just one. Okay, I thought he might have been there multiple times. Um, Waverly's the only place I've been multiple times. Fair. I'll um, tell you that. That's... I've I've seen some of the pictures of the Ohio State Reformatory from Nate's, um, you know Nate's Facebook and his his other social media accounts, and he it's a pretty cool little spot. Um, I would definitely love to check it out. Um, we're gonna go to Waverly next year, right? We need to do it. We keep talking about it. I need to finally get it done. Yeah, you keep like skipping out on all of us that go there, man. It's, it's... hey, the deer hunting has been getting in the way of that. But once okay, that's well, over, I'll have well, no first excuse. of all, first of all, your deer hunting here that happens after we do all this stuff, like in terms of butts, like it's totally different types. So, I just want, they should, uh, you know, I'm checking here. They may not have it up yet. Um, 
they do have like a really cool uh laser light show for like Christmas and whatnot. Um really? on the outside of the building. Not on the inside, I should say. Right. That's that's crazy. Um Hmm. Ooh, actually they might do they have any of this up? Oh, it ended. Yeah, so it's gonna take a while before uh before that stuff comes back up. But you know, they have a lot of tours and whatnot, so it, it's definitely on the docket there. Um Lucas, you have anything else? As far as my thought my final thoughts, I just wanted to to just say that I thought it was interesting about Robert Johnson. Um I don't know a ton about the guy to be completely candid. Um, I I wouldn't mind looking into him a little bit more and just kind of learning more about him. Um, he seems like an interesting guy. Just looking at his pictures, he looks a bit different from your typical musician. And uh, I don't know. I think there's something to that. Well, we can have a part two where we focus specifically, um, specifically on Robert Johnson there. Um, I'm looking something up because you and I have both been here before at the uh, West Virginia State Penitentiary. Yep. Um, we should. Uh, this is definitely something to consider here um, in terms of doing a ghost hunt because I know you. I I know we didn't really discuss it too much other than just asking on the way back from this place. But can you give us some thoughts here on uh, how you felt about um, about the place about West Virginia Penitentiary? Mm-hmm. I thought that it was a beautiful building, regardless of anything else. If you're interested in older historical buildings, and you don't give a crap about paranormal, or you just it's not interesting to you, doesn't matter. You're gonna enjoy it. Now, if you like paranormal and history, or either, or you know any combination of all that stuff, this place is jam packed with all that. There was stuff that went on here constantly, from the sugar shack. To the whole situation with um, Charles Manson and his mother and his letter to the to the governor, which his response asking him to get transferred over into the penitentiary to the penitentiary. <coughs> Excuse me. Whenever he says, "When hell freezes over," that was classic. You got the dark sense of humor from his line with that. Like, well, that was the you said that was the warden, right? Because that was the warden that said that. Who's the warden? Yeah, because uh, because Manson sent that letter, and then the warden was like, when hell freezes And over. that's another rabbit hole that we had, was how sadistic the wardens were. They they mostly accrued the punishment to the to the inmates that, as far as the capital punishment, the wardens were mostly in charge of that, which I found it quite shocking. I, I figured the wardens kind of were hands-off as far as the whole situation but they're right in the thick of things, and the warden's family lives there. I don't know. The whole situation, I mean, it was definitely a learning experience, and, but it was interesting. Well, that's the thing. It's not just that place, but other places, too. Like right. The I, I didn't know how this like, Just to use it, Alcatraz as an example here, um, Alcatraz, like, they had, like, officer's barracks, and then the, the place for the warden, like, they all live there. I did mean, the warden, was, Did the warden's family live there on Alcatraz mm-hmm. Island? I mean, that was just a fact of life for most, most if not all, prisons in America at the time. I just, uh, uh, that that obviously is, you know, common knowledge, I guess, if you're 
into that kind of thing, but that was a learning experience for me, and it was pretty eye-opening. I didn't expect that to be the case. Um, as far as other interesting things I found from the West Virginia Penitentiary, <coughs> geez, I'm having a hard time with that word. Penitentiary? Penitentiary. Anyways, the place. Um, West Virginia. The I'm trying to think of the other more fascinating things. Oh, the other interesting thing. I don't know. Have we discussed the greenhouse on the show? Oh, with the... Um, have we discussed this on the show? No, no, we haven't. All right, this is the slice one thing we can discuss here, actually. This, this was fascinating. And... And the the guy that gave us the tour, he he's probably I would assume that he's lived in this town his entire life, if not a great majority of it. Would you agree, Nate? Say that again. I'm sorry. The the guy that led our tour, he, I would would you say it's safe to say that he lived in that town for quite a long time? Well, no, he was he was from there. Yeah, like he he's, he's, he's a local. He's a pastor in the town. <coughs> yeah, and anyways, long you know. What I'm what I'm trying to say is, you know, this guy he's he's been in the town, he knows the history, he's been around this place forever. He he's met some of the former inmates. He he's in he's in the know. He knows what's going on. Anyways, what happened was is there was a greenhouse in the yard and there was a few prisoners that had keys to get in there and they somehow I did not understand how this worked. And this this led me to down another rabbit hole of interesting thoughts that I had whenever learning about this place was they convinced the warden to make it so that those three prisoners were the only ones with keys to get into the greenhouse. The guards did not have keys. Yeah, see, that to me is, you know, I understand if they had good behavior, but seriously? Yep. That just shows me, and I'm not trying to sit here and act like that I would do a better job than the warden, because I sure as heck don't know if I would, maybe, but... Who the heck knows? That just goes to show me all the human error that is involved with such a, a violent and disturbing and dark place as this penitentiary. Um, this The fact that someone would be that stupid to do that, pardon me, I mean, it's ridiculous. There needs to be more oversight than just trusting the prisoners to do the right thing. But anyways, so long story short, these guys got permission from the warden to be the only ones with the keys to get into this place. This greenhouse. And they sold plants to the locals around that they grew in there. That is true. And what they would do is they would they would oftentimes give them potting soil too. Very, you know, nice gesture of them. But, turns out what they were actually doing within that greenhouse is for multiple... No one knows actually. This is the interesting part. No one has any clue how long this was going on. But they were trying to dig... A burrow underneath the greenhouse to go all the way out and underneath the six foot so the the huge walls that that goes up in the prison those yep. things go six feet underneath the ground so they were gonna have to dig underground probably just barely enough to make it so that the ground wouldn't cave in from above them and then once they get to that wall area they'd have to go down even further and then pop back out the other side this is true by the way Completely true story. And the fascinating part was, is what I was mentioning whenever I went on to this, wrong, this long tangent, um, the local, I, I asked him, I was like, well, how long do you think they were working on this project? And he had no clue. 
And that means nobody had any clue, which I thought was interesting. But this all could have been easily stopped, I would assume. Or not necessarily easily stopped. It, that's, that's too big of a stretch to say. But I feel as if their likelihood of them getting this far with their tunnel, which they did attempt to escape, which was unsuccessful, I believe. Isn't that true? Well, they got out, but they eventually got caught. They got caught, got okay. So t- I guess it was sort of an unsuccessful escape. Anyways, I feel as if this would not have even gotten as far, most likely, if guards would have had access to this place, which would not have been a hard thing to do. But who knows, with with all the politicking going on with the warden and others, it just that was just a, a long story that just showed me that with this prison... There was a lot of human error involved, and there was a lot of there was you know reasons that could have been prevented. And like I said, I'm not trying to act like I would do a better job than them, but it just goes to show you human imperfection. That's kind of my biggest takeaway from that. That's fair. What do you think about that, Nate? Did, did you, I, did you I am not. Like did I'm you, not. As far as the uh, warden, to, to, just just I'm not going to go off on a tangent here, but just based on the world we're in today and how people act, nothing surprises me anymore. I I mean that that warden is an absolute fucking idiot. Pardon my French, but I'm not really surprised based on that people. So I honestly maybe it's maybe it's just my nature more or less, but I. Maybe this is wrong. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I can have the wool pulled over my eyes, but I try and see the good in people. I try and be, be a positive person and just look at things in a positive light. I think that's a healthy way to live. Now, does that mean that I'm going to have people take advantage of me? No. But I kind of will try and give someone the benefit of the doubt. Fair enough. And and whenever I learned that about the warden, he, he lost that with me. And that's pretty much all I have to say about the... The West Virginia penitentiary. Well, on that note, I think we'll wrap up this evening here. It's been a evening of uh, discussion. All that fun stuff. Beer, you know, included on this end. But for those of you out there listening, we wish you all a good night.